In New Jersey, we found Welcome to this week's episode of Jersey Matters. Uh, we're your hosts, Mike Perino. Casey McLean. <laughs> uh, just as a side note, we are um, practicing safe social distancing. We are recording this uh, through Skype. We are no longer in a room together. Or a car. And, yeah, or a car, <laughs> which is actually where the first episode was recorded. That's a little trivia. Maybe we'll, in 100 episodes, we'll ask our viewers if they know. <laughs> and where the car was parked. Yeah. So usually this is the part where we go through what the headlines are, but frankly, it's all coronavirus related. So there's might... no new news coming out of New Jersey well, beyond beyond coronavirus updates. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so let's just dive right in. Um, right. I do want to say to our listeners, what we're going to do is we're going to, you know, review the highlights. Mike's going to go over some reports that are coming through reports from valid and, you know, recognized sources. And we're going to talk about Murphy's. So not, not, not Alex Jones. <laughs> not any like weird pastors that are, you know, selling. selling. That, that one guy who was healing people through the TV. Yeah. And herbal remedies being sold. Don't don't buy the oils. Don't buy the herbs. Don't Just... buy Alex Jones toothpaste that he claimed was, was curing coronavirus. Oh, boy. Yeah, uh, it's real. And then we're also going to talk about Murphy's just, you know, breaking news on the pod. He just did his uh, live address. On today, and, March 20, 21st. Yeah. And then also we're going to go into what positive things we're doing with our time or negative things that we're doing with our time. You know, whatever gets us through quarantine. Yeah. And um, <laughs> after the headlines are really these like brief updates, I'll kind of go into a little more detail about what the economic fallout of the coronavirus is. What are we seeing? How is this affecting the economy? And after that, we'll have a little uh, informative, like fun segment where uh, <laughs> Casey will, will together, she'll walk us through you know, me and the listener on uh, how we look up who our representatives are and what they're doing. Yeah, especially during this time of uncertainty, I am always, I'm a, a little bit paranoid and conspiracy theorist, but I like to know what's going on. And because the news is so heavily flooded in Corona news and updates and horrific images, let's see what our representatives are doing with this, you know, opportunity to shine or collapse in on themselves like a dying star. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll begin with just let's talk about some of the the total number of cases in New Jersey. And I kind of want to just go back a little bit so that way we can get a idea of how fast this is developing. Yeah, because um, last last episode you were saying the compound effect. Yes. And how when we first recorded on Corona, it was about two cases and then the second 20, episode. I think it was like it was like twenty three or something like that. Yeah. For the second episode, For it second was episode, right. Yeah, right. and then um, and now people it's... were saying it wasn't going to be a lot, and I tried to explain exponential growth rate. And the other thing I wanted, again, to still, uh, we're, we're testing more people now. So part of the problem before is we weren't testing a lot. Now we're testing a lot of people, so we're going to get more data. So we're, we should expect the cases to rise sharply, but it's also something to remember is that uh, even though we're testing more people, we're not testing enough. Um, so we, we can expect, I've seen numbers float around by experts that like anywhere from three to uh, five times the number of reported cases is probably uh, how many there actually are out there. But um, I can't comment on that. 
Especially but, uh, with people self-quarantining and social distancing, you know, we all could have no symptoms and still be possibly tested positive. And we could have mild symptoms and still like be testing positive, but we can't go to the store, not to the store, but to the, the testing right. sites because it's not mission critical for us. I think that's another thing we were talking about just off the recording is that if you have mild symptoms, you don't want to take and this is just my opinion, you don't want to take the the rare opportunity to be tested if you don't really, it's not critical for you. You want to right. stay inside. Right. So the, the, they were kind of mentioning that today in the uh, press conference when um, I forget her name, but it's the health expert they had up there. She was saying like the goal is to get to the point where anyone who wants to be tested can be tested. But uh, th th there we are like at capacity with our ability to, to do these things. And though we're testing a lot more people now than we did before, it's basically kind of uh, prioritize people who have symptoms over people who don't have symptoms. But if they said something like if you do, if you have been in contact with people who do have the coronavirus and you do like even if you don't show any symptoms, you should get tested. They said they said the, that, which is like good sound policy. But it's, so, it's also yeah. what we were thinking about talking about, too, is the availability of the tests and certain celebrities and uh, <laughs> influencers and you, being able do, to hop the line. Yeah, definitely. Because it's just going to get darker from here on out. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> this episode is not an enjoyable one in a sense. But Let's uh, have an uh, opportunity to make fun of uh, wealthy people. <laughs> yeah, so it's, any chance we get, I love making fun of wealthy people. So... Uh, <laughs> So what about, um, you were talking about, uh, what's his name, Idris Elba? Yeah, he, he, he tested positive and he specifically said he had no symptoms and he was exposed to a person who had tested positive, which I believe he didn't want to say by name from the last report I was reading, but it's uh, the Canadian it's the prime minister, president. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, uh. Justin Trudeau? Yeah, Justin Trudeau's wife. So they were at, a, I think, a charity event, and that's where he got exposed to it because she ended up testing positive. Um, Justin Trudeau might be positive, but... Um, I'll look that up. Yeah, let's look it up real quick. For the record, it is a prime minister of Canada. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it doesn't say... Uh, I'm guessing is uh, he's getting tested. Uh, um, yeah. I don't he, see anything about it, but... Yeah, yeah, his wife is self-isolating. Yeah, his wife is self-isolating. I think he is also. Nope, nope. this is from, uh, sorry, from March 13th. So it could be out of date. Could but it says uh, there are no plans at present for Mr. Trudeau to be tested for coronavirus from BBC. Which is wild. Yeah, that I don't know if that's uh, up to date. But yeah, that is pretty wild. Uh, it's also weird because it's like all of our, it's what a lot of these like heads of state are doing to try to seem tough and not worry their politicians, uh, their people. Like, um, you know, like Trump did that. And Kim uh, Jong-un. He, Jong yeah. <laughs> did you see the reports of the photos coming out of North Korea have photoshopped uh, <laughs> face masks on some of the people? And then also he, Kim Jong-un, he is actually specifically not wearing a face mask while everyone around him has a face mask on. I don't know if he, they have it on or it's been photoshopped on, but it's just funny that he's being, you know, visually being assuming this position of strength and health and not a, not afraid of the coronavirus. When yeah, did you see uh, Jair Bolsonaro, the fascist president of Brazil? Uh, uh, he tested positive for it. 
And then uh, <laughs> he's at a press conference and he has like the mask on and his mask just kept falling off and then he just like gave up. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, it's stupid. But um, Idris Elba, so he him he was able to get tested, which kind of makes sense because he was in contact with somebody. But uh, but it's when there is a, a small amount of test kits available. And you have influencers and actors and celebrities, and then they go on and they do the, um, what was the song that they sang? Imagine. Uh, oh, yeah. So um, what's her name? I'm so bad at celebrity. Like Gal? Um, she was a Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's a Wonder Woman. Godot, maybe? Godot, Godot, yeah. Uh, or Got It? Got I don't it. Know. <laughs> so uh, anyway. Yeah, she and a bunch of like like twenty some celebrities all uh, sang this song, and as I you know, maybe we want to put in just like a clip of it because it's awful. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people. Living for today. Yeah. As you can hear, it's 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 objectively terrible. They're not even singing in like key. Like they didn't coordinate like how they were gonna sing it. And um, it's also just like kind of condescending because like the it, it's like like oh you want you know your governments to take care of you and have uh uh. Um, you know, an appropriate public health policy response and also like an appropriate economic response in this like very uh, worrying and, and deeply concerning time. Don't worry, us, the rich celebrities, we're singing <laughs> Imagine. So like peasants, your fears have been allayed. Like, don't worry, yeah. I am here. And it's just like, it's so out of touch. And it's also the way some celebrities are trying to engage with their their branded audience. And there was one, I forgot, I think it was like, Kylie Jenner posted a photo of her and she's like seductively sitting on a couch in her home, I assume. And behind her is a wine cellar stocked, like fully stocked. And she's posing the question to her followers, what should I watch on Netflix? Like, <laughs> Oh my God. So, so obnoxious. Yeah. I'll it's just, it's too much. It's just it's yeah. just really funny that, that you're asking for people to still entertain you when they're worried about their friends and family members and basically the whole world as we know it is changing in such a yeah. rapid way. Yeah. And, so like and, I actually I actually like the overall message of John Lennon's Imagine, you know. <laughs> but like you have to put this in kind of like context. Like imagine uh um <laughs> not, not that was supposed to be a pun, but like people, <laughs> people are like losing family members and dying all across the world uh, to this, and they are worried about their family members dying. And now I'm an atheist, and like, you know, I don't believe in like heaven or hell or, or, or stuff like that. But you know, there's a, a time appropriate context to these things, and like singing like, <laughs> imagine there's no heaven or hell. Uh, like if, if I just lost a family member and I like believed in these things, like I, I would be deeply offended. And like I think yeah. I'm, I'm offended as an atheist because just it just looks bad for for all of us. And uh, I I think we, we uh, listeners I think we need to imagine a better <laughs> world uh, without celebrity narcissism. Uh, it's easy if you try. Just no yes. celebrities. Just block them all. You're influencers. And 
One last uh, influencer comment. There was, um, I think she was a former bachelorette person and she is like a lot of celebrities are vacationing. I think um, one of the famous soccer players bought a private island and flew his family to it. And it's just going to stay there until the coronavirus just stops being a thing. But this chick, Hannah, she was on (laughs) vacation. She was on vacation and she's in a bikini and she's post, she posted a photo with the caption, um, something along the lines of smiling is contagious or happiness is contagious. <laughs> and <laughs> she got a lot of backlash because of it. But again, it's <laughs> predictably like the out of touch, like, um, I, you might be able to hear NJ transit going by. Yeah, I maybe that's okay. Yeah. But that's, that's what's happening. So I just, if, you know, anyone's listening to this, just, a celebrity influencer or not, just be very aware when you're posting anything that there are people who are very much less fortunate than you are in your circumstance. Like I am very happy that I am in a comfortable living situation. I am happily married. I have a cat and a dog. I have access to a grocery store that's literally down my street and they're fully stocking as much as they can, as fast as they can. And I'm of good health. My husband's of good health. Our families are, you know, safe in quarantine and, you know, have all the things that they need to satisfy their needs while we are all, you know, basically on lockdown for the next couple of weeks. But there are people who are homeless. There are people who have, you know, maybe a violent partner in their home. There are all these different kinds of situations where you should be fully aware of your of your good fortunes and be thinking about people and what you could do to help alleviate those problems. You know, if you're able to donate to your local food pantry, do it. If you have extra food to spare, share it with your neighbors who are less fortunate. And you know that because you see them every day. Like, so just to be clear, you're saying uh, using your relative fortunate circumstances, uh, you don't advise just making out of touch uh, videos. (laughs) Singing Imagine by John Lennon. You don't think that's. I don't think that's. I don't think it's advisable. And also. I'll go ahead. I was also going to say, please do not post photos of your wine cellars or, um, you know, your luxuries because people get, you know, you get the FOMO, you get the the negative thoughts when you think of, oh, like, why don't I have that in normal circumstances? I could look at someone's wine cellar and be like, maybe one day, but not now. Like, but if you have nothing and you keep seeing these things, you're like, wow, really, my my life is shit, you know? Like, <laughs> you, uh, yeah. I want to give one shout out to like one celebrity. Arnold Schwarzenegger posted a uh, video of him. Did you see it? Is it of him being eating lunch with his donkeys or something? <laughs> yeah, with ponies. I actually thought it was good. He's just like <laughs> in his like hilarious accent. I'm not gonna try to replicate it. It was basically like. Hey, I'm just here. I'm self-isolating. Like, it's going to be okay, everybody. We're going to get through this together. And his, like, constant, like, you know, positive yeah. attitude. And, like, you know, I'm not a sucker for, like, all that optimism and, and crap like that. But, like, I, I thought it was, like, in, in the scale of out-of-touch celebrities to, like, a normal human response. Uh, yeah. I thought it was a normal response, even though you can clearly see he lives in, like, a mansion and he has, like, two ponies. But, like, still, I mean, <laughs> he wasn't, like, rude about it, right? Yeah, exactly. He's not asking, like, that's the thing. He's not asking for anything from anyone to help him. You know what I mean? He's like, what, like, here's a nice, funny video of me to, like, distract you from, like, the obvious horrific state of affairs. He's not asking for anything. (laughs) 
Okay, moving on. We we've now that we've <laughs> had our fun bashing rich people, and uh, we could all laugh about that. Um, we're going to depress you with uh, all the news about coronavirus. So yeah. on, on on March 19th, just a couple of days ago, Governor Murphy announced at a press conference that there were 318 new cases in one day, bringing the total uh, to 742. Today, during his press conference, he said there were 442 new positive test results on top of that, bringing the total to uh, um, 1,327. And there's been five additional COVID-19-related deaths, making total deaths uh, 16 in the state of New Jersey. One of the things I think people need to realize is how quickly this is spreading. So I have a chart here. You can't see it, but I, I can like report. Uh, yeah, describe the chart, Mike. Well, it, it, the chart basically <laughs> on the shows, podcast. On the podcast, it's pretty easy. So just it's a chart that shows the number of cases per day, and you can kind of look at it. So um, in one of our podcasts, I remember saying that there were 23 cases, and that was reported on March 11th, 2020. So within basically two days, it doubled to 50. Two days from then, so on March 15th, it doubled to around 100. It was like 98, and now uh, just from the 15th to well, the time of this article, uh, okay, the 21st, they updated it. There, there's now 1,327. This is the kind of, as I was saying earlier, the exponential growth that we're seeing. I don't want to say it could only get worse because there is a chance that it, that it can... It could um, get better. It could get better. So, like, it, there will be more cases. We don't have to march towards a doomsday scenario, uh, scenario that I'll talk about in a little bit. We, we, we can actually... We can fight yeah. against it, but that information saying that no matter what, and that's what Phil Murphy was doing during his conference today, he was saying it is very an obvious thing when we have more tests available that the number of t positive test results will dramatically increase. And, what you need and to what, social yeah. distancing works. Yes. And, if you practice good social distancing, it works. Yes. So he was saying that during the conference, and he was also acknowledging that even though it might seem alarming that we're getting all these positive results, it's going to, it's okay right now. And it can continue to be fine for the majority of New Jerseyans, as long as we practice social distancing, staying at home and not having any kind of massive gatherings of any kind of kind. Like well, even yeah. I think should it's I, like 10 I, people. Uh, yeah. It, no, it's all of them now. I, I, I yeah. I was going to do this later, but we might say, okay, I get that now. Um, so at today's press conference, he explained how he did two executive orders today. And the first executive order, he's basically calling his stay-at-home order. And he's directing basically the nearly 9 million residents of New Jersey to stay at home. And he's ordering us to practice social distancing. So part of the stuff that's in this order is that all gatherings are canceled until further notice. Just all of them. Uh, he's recommending people don't have birthday parties, don't do any of that kind of stuff. Uh, no weddings or in-person services are uh, allowed. Uh, those who have homes at the Jersey Shore are urged not to go to them at this time, like if that's your second home or something like that. Yeah, um, he because, said stay at your primary residence. Yeah, exactly, because the infrastructure is not prepared for the influx of part-time residences. To, and, I'm, and it's also a dangerous thing of if there is any kind of messaging or any kind of, uh, I'm not going to say like, a massive, like some kind of physical effort where your town is going to go door to door. Like they need you to be at your primary residence because right. no, and especially if people are looking for you, like if they can't find you, they're going to, you know, cause more concern and more worry. It's the same yeah. thing. Like you don't want to go boating right now because 
everyone's going to be overwhelmed with taking care of the crisis at home. And if you're out vacationing or partying on the beach, first responders are now going to be distracted and having to help you. God forbid anything happens to you while you're, you know, vacationing. (laughs) Yeah, that's an excellent point. So uh, he also announced that all non-essential retail businesses are to be closed to the public effective at 9 p.m. This means that only businesses critical to health response may remain open to the public. And he uh, elaborated, and this is the list of businesses he said were uh, essential and may remain open. Uh, Grocery stores, food banks, pharmacies, medical marijuana dispensaries, medical supply stores, gas stations, auto repair and mechanic services, convenience stores, banks and financial services, hardware and home improvement stores, laundromat and dry cleaners, printing and office supplies uh, shops, pet stores, stores that sell supplies for young children, mail and delivery shops, restaurants, liquor stores, and bars can remain open provided that they have uh, takeout services. And I think for liquor stores, he specified later that some liquor stores are uh, in certain communities are also used as like kind of like social gatherings. I know there's like one in yeah. that basically has like a bar inside of it or something like that. But like basically that part not allowed, but you can just go pick up liquor and leave. That's how it works. Uh, work at construction sites may continue as can manufacturing, trucking and transportation operations. Aside from these, all retail and all business must be closed and uh, employers have to move their employees to work from home. And, and that uh, is, that's retail. that's for now. Yeah, it's indefinite. It's from yeah. now until the he says so. Is over. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, yeah. The thing, the thing that I wanted to bring up was also in. I know we're New Jersey focused, but there in Pennsylvania, some counties have closed wine and spirit shops, so liquor stores, because it's not essential. And I don't know if anyone else has been to their local liquor store, but it's very. I don't. I don't know what the word is, but it's scary to know that it's not an essential thing like people don't need liquor yeah I and why, the, honestly, the, the liquor store is kept open I think yeah people like, like I'm, I'm i'm speculating about that it's just like at least people will be able to buy liquor and they can just like enjoy it at home and like have some comfort in that but honestly yeah. I, don't, I don't understand why liquor stores are kept open all the liquor stores uh around me um and even some of the the, the larger ones are very small aisles, very small places, and when you when you uh, social distancing means you're supposed to uh, keep six feet away from other people. Not if they're just sick, uh, just six feet away from other people, because um, you don't know if they're asymptomatic and you don't know if you're asymptomatic. So that's uh, I, I just don't see how that would be possible in, in in most liquor stores. This is a pretty drastic order. The second executive order he gave uh, merely superseded all the orders given by county and mayoral executive executives so basically he's trying to unify the response so it's not just a patchwork response uh between all the different counties and and uh, towns and stuff like that uh he just clarified because um i know they're not calling it a lockdown but honestly i'm just going to speak real to, to listeners it, it's it's Bring because the realness. <laughs> it's because americans are kind of childish right and when we hear lockdown we think it means you can't go anywhere or do anything and you're just like confined to your home when that's not the case even in places like italy even though they have a much stricter lockdown so they're calling it stay at home or shelter at home in california but it's it's a lockdown but what that means is as he's saying is residents can still go for a walk or run outside you can still go for outside activities you can still go to your grocery store but you are ordered to practice social distancing which again means you have to keep a safe six feet distance between you and others and if you've feel like you do have symptoms and uh, it's not urgent enough for you to go, 
to a hospital or whatever, like stay inside is basically <laughs> what it's yeah. saying. Like, don't, don't contribute to the spread of this disease. And that's a that's another thing that I was noticing because I've been trying to we can talk about this at the end of this Corona segment about you know what positive things are we doing or negative things are we doing yeah. and <laughs> I was going for a run and I saw these these two mothers with their babies in strollers walking basically side by side and they were walking through the whole neighborhood side by side and I just kept thinking six feet. Social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm like winded, huffing and puffing, and they're taking up the whole sidewalk. I'm like, <laughs> well, I noticed it. Um, I know they weren't the order isn't into effect until tonight, but I was at the grocery store not too long ago, and I was trying to practice good uh, social distancing, and uh, the, the lines are just like packed. Uh, yeah, you can't like, do it. You can't do it. Um, and and uh, I don't I don't know how they could fix that. I mean, the 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 staff need to. I mean, I know that the, these grocery store workers and and uh, are like on the front lines of this, so like really they're heroic and they deserve um, hazard pay uh, yeah. and, and overtime pay for this. And um, but like the the managers in those stores need to take this seriously and try to make maybe reorganize the store a little bit so there's more space for people. Maybe post people on the aisles and saying like, look, you need you can't have like six people down this aisle or on the room. Yeah, go down, could, urge them to be quickly, like to move quickly. Things it could like also that. become a thing of during Hurricane Sandy, they had based on your license plate, like what it ended in. You had days where some people came to the store, or not store, the uh, the gas station. Some other days, it was like an alternating kind of uh, handoff between in the community. And I think that's yeah. inevitably, like you think about different things that could be enacted to prevent, you know, the like. You want to avoid as much contamination as possible. Like grocery stores are a hotbed and any kind of retail store that's, you know, people are touching things, putting them back. Like I was at the liquor store yesterday and I picked up a bottle of wine and I put it down and I'm like, this wine's now mine. Like it's it's like when you can't double dip anymore, you just, yeah. if you're going to touch it, it's, it's now yours, like you're purchasing it. Yeah. So like, why are they doing these measures? You might be wondering, like, is it as serious as it seems, and I'll go in in a little bit about uh, some of the recent data we had out, but I wanted to explain that you might hear the phrase flattening the curve. And uh, this phrase has been going around a lot, and uh, they've explained it sometimes, but I think a lot of people don't know what it means. So I, I, and, I was, yeah, and, when you, and when you hear this, you could take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good game. While you're sitting inside and you've uh, talked about your, uh, your supply of liquor, take, take a drink every time you hear flattening the curve. So the curve is the rates of infections Right. And a certain amount of infections are going to cause hospitalizations. And if you have a really high curve, right, imagine a really uh, sharp bell curve of of um, infections that require hospitalizations, you're going to overwhelm the or rather the hospitals uh, uh, are going to be overwhelmed and not have enough ICU units, beds and all this stuff to treat those kind of things. So flattening curve means lowering the infection rate of the population at all, uh, overall to a point where hospitals aren't overwhelmed and uh, are able to adequately meet the needs of, of um, the population as a whole. And um, that's what these social distancing measures and, and, and all well, the, the lockdown orders are are meant to do. Be thinking these are crazy times, and, and, and it is, but this is, this is a really unprecedented time that we live in. The, the coronavirus pandemic is is 
is serious and we need to we need to be taking it seriously and i think i just want to say before i stop uh we should look at social distancing not like a punishment right and these isolation orders is like punishments and 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 inhibitions on our freedom because uh what it is is think of it as by choosing to stay inside and go watch netflix on the weekends or whatever instead of uh going out you are actually doing your part in fighting against the coronavirus uh, pandemic you are helping prevent uh, yourself from getting infected and you're helping prevent other people from getting infected, which overall means that you're helping prevent more people from dying in hospitals who, uh, because hospitals have been overwhelmed. And like, this is like a heroic thing that you know, it sounds silly. Like I'm saying inside, how am I a hero? But like you, you are, it, it, it's a sense of community that you need to think about. Like you are part of that. And uh, yeah. go ahead. And it's and it's it's also I think a a symptom of our society now is that everyone everyone has a Netflix account. Everyone spends uh, an embarrassing amount of time on social media, basically doing nothing. And so when we're being told like, yeah, that's perfect, just do nothing, it it kind of is a shock to your system, and you're like, well, why? what is this going to do and how is this going to affect anyone and how am I going to, and that's another thing in the press conference today. Um, they were saying that if you're doing nothing, you're not spreading it, you're not getting it and you're not exposing other people to it. And I think it was in Chicago, there was a, a doctor in there doing a press conference over there. And she was like, yeah, if, if all goes according to plan and everyone acts accordingly and everyone's social distance, it's going to feel like it was all for nothing. And that's yeah. what you want. <laughs> like you yeah. want it to people be like, well, was this a hoax? You know what I mean? Because what happened? But that's what you want. You want nothing yeah. to happen. <laughs> we don't want to, to look back at a lot of people dead in hospitals and stuff like that and go like, wow, I, I was wrong. It actually was worse than I thought. No, if yeah. you take the preventative measures, you'll, you'll, as again, they're preventative measures. So you prevent the worst case scenarios from happening. And then you can look back and say, I did my part in preventing deaths and infections that otherwise would, uh, would have happened, likely. And I, I think this is also a good point to transition into raising awareness that this affects everyone, not just like I think last week's episode, we were talking about the linguistics about the the news perpetuating that it was only elderly people that were being attacked by the virus and that yes. children were spreaders. <laughs> And yeah. there is this disease is not something to mess around with, whether you're in good health, presumably, because I I wanted to stress this enough, like more and more that um, according to ESPN, there was a Spanish coach, a soccer coach who was 21 years old, who died after a coronavirus diagnosis. And he unknowingly had leukemia. He was the picture. He was a soccer coach. He was healthy. He was young and energetic. And he unknowingly had leukemia. And that with coronavirus led to his death. It's for from what I've seen, it's the youngest death on record from coronavirus. And it's one of those things that you don't know. You don't do a full body scan when you do your annual checkup, your annual physical or whatever you do. Like you don't know what you have going on in your body unless you've had a full kind of intensive testing, you know, circumstance. It doesn't happen normally. So a lot of us are walking around, especially they were warning about people who are smokers and that includes people who like use vape pens and all that kind of stuff. Like you don't know what's going on in your body. 
No one does. (laughs) And if coronavirus comes for you, you don't know what the effect is going to have on your body, let alone your, your partner's body, your children's body, like your, your parents or grandparents, you don't know how it's going to affect their system. And that's where it can be deadly, surprisingly deadly for people who are of young and healthy, you know, status. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I, I wanted to bring up the NJ.com had a great article titled uh, uh, Young Adults Make Up Alarming Percentage of U.S. Coronavirus Hospitalizations. It's written by uh, uh, Keith Sargent. And uh, the, the author goes on to say that um, a, a prominent New Jersey general surgeon wants to debunk what he's calling a myth that it's just reserved for older people like the coronavirus. And they, they quote the doctor, Dr. Uh, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Dr. Stavros uh, Chris. Dudias and so, um, sound sounds like a perfect pronunciation. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, he chairs the uh, New Jersey Doctor Patient Alliance, and he says, uh, "quote The real horrifying thing about COVID-19 is that people thought it was going to really only affect the elderly, and instead, this is anything but. I'm at four different hospitals, and I'd say that less than half of the people that are critical with the coronavirus are over the age of 50. This is alarming." And the article goes on to state that uh, at least two of the 11 deaths in New Jersey due to COVID-19 were men in their 30s. And this statement is actually, for this isn't just anecdotal evidence, right? The statement's further supported by a federal study that was released earlier this week that reports that nearly 20% of the young people hospitalized with coronavirus in the United States are young adults between the ages of 20 and 44. And uh, while the, the, the risk of dying is significantly higher in older people, Younger people comprise a large portion of these hospitalizations. And uh, so, so yeah, we need to break the myth. I, I'm sure all of you uh, who have been paying attention to the coronavirus news saw those awful videos and pictures of uh, spring breakers in, in Florida and, and, and New Orleans and elsewhere with just like masses of young people on the beach and uh, also in, in, in Disney World. Yes. And, um, Look, I'm not a scientist or a doctor, but it doesn't take, it doesn't take long. We're already seeing it. I, I, when I saw those, I said to like my friends, I was like, there's going to be a spike in infections after uh, they come back in the States that they come back to. And that's what we're seeing is, is I think it was at Disney World, already nine people have been tested and had coronavirus uh, who went to Disney World in the past few weeks. Um, I think one of the people, if I remember reading correctly, who died in California was in Disney World. So it's it's going to spread. <laughs> and, it's uh, going to spread. And, it's going to spread and it's... It could have been prevented. And there's people who, when you go to spring break, just think of everything you're touching. You know what I mean? You're going on your airplane and you're touching all the seats and they don't sanitize. They might be hopefully now airlines. It's also recycled air. Yes. So because you want to party, like there are people that are on planes because they absolutely have to be like people who can have, you know, a high, the high risk population for Corona, which is basically everyone you're taking your selfish needs to go rage at spring break and you're exposing hundreds, if not thousands of people because you want to go have fun. Like yep. you can have fun at home. I'm having plenty of fun. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll, talk, we'll talk about some of the fun things you can do at home uh, at the end of this. To yeah. It but it's, it's just, that's the thing that's so shocking is if you're drinking and you're partying and you're not bringing hand sanitizer to the beach, that is for sure. That doesn't uh, fit in your your bikini. Uh, <laughs> you're, not, you're not you're not practicing safe social distancing. I'm seeing the pictures. No. Of this and uh, <laughs> yeah. people are just pretending it's not happening. We're in denial. And yeah. the thing is, uh, 
we've had months warning of this stuff. I know it's true that the government didn't act as and I, I, I say this both for the federal government, especially, but even our state government took a little too long to react to the coronavirus stuff. But you can act as an individual, right? You, you don't have to wait for the government to have issued an order of social distancing today. You could have been doing this for weeks and you yeah. still should be doing it now. Like not to shame people, right? I don't want people to feel, feel, uh, resigned to like, well, I haven't done anything. I might have it. So I must, whatever, like, no, just <laughs> make it's a wake up call. It's right? also the government has to go through so many, you know, mandatory efforts on their part in order to pass something like Murphy right. can't just say, boom, everyone is in quarantine. Like, no, like it doesn't just happen overnight. Right. He, he, needs he, to mentioned, get... he mentioned he had to figure out how, uh, like people were like a lot of the reason why he couldn't just close the schools immediately is he had to figure out like a supply line for people rely on their kids getting food from these schools. Yes. So he had to like coordinate an effort to make sure that that would still happen in a, in a safe way. So you can't, it's, so, so like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm still critical of, of the way Murphy handled it, but like, uh, we, we gotta also realize that the, 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 it's different, right? Like, like, yeah. like difference is, is Murphy had to coordinate a statewide response and, um, you have to choose whether or not you're going to go uh, to Disney World, and it's your <laughs> choice, All right, right? Like it's it's don't go to Disney World. Um, yeah. Because, uh, let's talk about. Um, let's, do you have any more any more to say on this? Uh, on I this I do want to say um, I'm seeing just a few little things again. I want to say to the people who had their weddings scheduled, you can still, if you really love that date, you can still go to the courthouse and get legally married. To your partner you can still do that it's still an operating effect like it's okay you can still have that day if that day is so important to you what i don't appreciate is people posting about how traumatic it is for them not to have their wedding now you know what i mean and yeah. what's traumatic what's traumatic <laughs> uh is a bunch of your older members of your family and maybe even some of the younger ones dying because they got uh infected from going to your wedding and then every time you think about your wedding you think about how not how wonderful and great it was <laughs> but about how you helped spread coronavirus and got people killed so that's yes. the real tragedy here people like keep, yeah. we need to keep things in perspective sorry i know i'm like heartless but <laughs> no but it's not but you're not like people like I, I am just seeing it all over social media and it's just shocking to me how people are so disconnected and again it's that that need to be the center of attention and need to be like, have this dramatic, lavish affair to celebrate. Like, I get it. If that's what you want to do, go ahead, do it, whatever. But that's going to have to wait now. Okay. Realize that you are not the center of anyone's universe, but your own. And you are not above anyone else. And your wedding, your relationship is not above anyone else. This disease does not discriminate. And it is killing people. So put that put that in your head and <laughs> revisit it. Like every moment that you're like, oh man, I wish I had my wedding that day because it was gonna be this, that, and the other. Like, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. People would die. Put yourself into the <laughs> shoes of the sensible family members and friends who you who are like, well, first of all, you can't even have a wedding since so it's canceled, right? Yeah. But ima imagine that wasn't canceled and you still wanted to to do it. They would have to sit there and think to themselves, um. Do I, Do I want... really want to go to this? <laughs> right? Like, like this is not like, they... a good time to have this. Like, I don't yeah. want to get this. I might be sick. I don't want to spread it. But also, I don't want to miss a wedding. Like, yeah. just think about it. Like, now, it's actually, actually, this is a good thing for you because 
the responsibility's <laughs> on you. You can just be like, well, you know, the governor canceled it. Now I have to have it later. So yeah. everyone's off the hook. Yeah, everyone's off the hook. Spenders are very understandable. They don't want to cater your wedding either because. <laughs> right. <laughs> and just, you know, talk to your vendors. It's going to be okay. Just, just also, again, think before you post, you know, when you post a long dramatic story about how heartbroken you are and how devastated and how you can't speak to anyone because you're so devastated that you can't have your wedding. Oh God, I've seen so many. Think, think about what that is like. You're saying how devastated you are that you could not have possibly like killed people. Like that's I what think, it is. It's like, <laughs> this is a good, uh, a good transition to the story I wanted to bring up because this is the real devastation and tragedy I want people to think about. So the New York times have a uh, really good, but sad story of how, uh, uh, a coronavirus has ravaged seven members of a single family, killing four. And this was a, a New Jersey family. Uh, when I originally read this article, it was killing three. And the mother what, uh, didn't know that her, she was like in intensive care and didn't know that her two oldest children had died. And now the story has been updated and, and she has died as well. Uh, Grace Fusco, mother of 11. I'm just reading from the New York Times story written by Tracy Tully. Uh, Grace Fusco, mother of 11, grandmother of 27, has now, well, uh, died and um, it's just it's just really I can't imagine seven members of a single family having it and four of them dying yeah that's right and that's, I, now, the story's not saying they got this from like a wedding or anything like that but the point is like this is the level of stories that are coming out and unfortunately we're probably going to see more things like that and again it's one of those things of if you're close with your family you assume okay great like I'm not gonna have a party I'm just gonna have dinner with grandma and mom and our kids will come over and it'll be fine because we're all family you know we're all gonna be okay and we're not doing anything extreme the issue is is that alone is dangerous you know have a virtual gathering you know what I mean you don't need to expose anyone to whatever you may have or have them exposed you to whatever they might have like this is so uncertain and you don't know how it's going to affect you if you get it and you don't know how it's going to affect your loved one if they get it yeah i want to read to reiterate everything that we've been saying so in the new york times article they said that uh this the state health commissioner said that uh miss fusco jackson had no underlying health problems and they uh say uh they're they're young and they don't have any underlying conditions and it's it, it, like some of these people who died it was it was startling to them and the family so it wasn't just all the older members of the family it's a really sad story I couldn't imagine what would how I would how sad I would be so my my condolences to his family just uh, four of them out of, out of uh, uh, seven in a single family that's it's horrifying it's awful and it's and it's a thing that we sadly might see more instances of yeah and it's just something to be hyper hyper aware of yeah so before i go uh, uh into some of the stuff that i read about the imperial college report i just wanted to report that um my representative uh andy kim said he will be self-quarantining for two weeks after he became in direct contact with another uh, congressman who tested positive for COVID-19, as reported in the uh, New Jersey Globe. I mean, we're seeing this with state reps and, and uh, senators, even into the uh, uh, federal Congress. So it's, it's it's pretty crazy. Not not even the uh, rich and powerful, not that Andy Kim is uh, <laughs> powerful, but, but you know, I mean, it, it, this is, it doesn't discriminate by class, is what I'm saying, is uh, um, anyone can get this and we need to practice 
again, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, social distancing, social distancing, social distancing. Yeah, just exactly like we are right now. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So do you have a, is there anything you want uh, to say before I go into the some of the uh, scientific stuff I read in the Imperial College report? Yeah, so some of the headlines that I wanted to just touch on really quick. So Somerset County has stopped recycling pickups. Uh, the New Jersey Turnpike Authority is proposing a 36% toll hike. New Jersey Transit Authority is proposing a $1.25 billion bailout. And that's all a stark reality that we're facing right now. And then also six nursing homes in New Jersey have found corona in their in their residence. And also some weddings, I think two weddings in New Jersey have been broken up by police. Uh, so if you still are planning your wedding and not stopping, the police will stop you. Yeah, that's uh, those are some of the, the nice headlines that came in my Google Alerts this week. I have uh, one more. So in Patterson, um, NorthJersey.com reports that uh, not all businesses were obeying the mayor's shutdown order. So they uh, uh, reported that there were some smoke shops that refused to close. Um, there were some. There was a cell phone store, for instance, that was. Uh, that was open. Um, the owner of a smoke shop on Main Street in South Patterson said that city police officers told him on Monday night that he didn't have to close down. He claimed that they said that it did, the order didn't apply to him, but he refused to give his name. And uh, his kind of sounds like he just made that whole thing up, to be honest. <laughs> or maybe uh, he, had, he has mob ties in the government and he really <laughs> it really doesn't apply to him. Right. I, I just thought it was interesting. There was uh, one cell phone store that claimed that they were only open doing like inventory. And then uh, they like the reporter like sat out there and then watched like 10 minutes later. Somebody came in and like left the cell phone transaction. So they just like lied. <sighs> well, um, again, I think that's like a top down. I mean, depending if it's a um, what is it called? Right. So if it's a franchise location versus a, a corporate connected location, that kind of information and orders go from the top down. So if, if local like cell phone stores are being told stay open, they have to stay open. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, so like um this was obviously this was reported before the governor's order today. It was mm-hmm. uh, reported on March eighteenth and Patterson the mayor of Patterson had issued uh more stringent orders than what was previously before uh done before by the governor because his reasoning was patterson has a very densely populated town and they wanted to get ahead of the curve on this so i actually thought he had a good idea but exactly like some of the businesses were saying like we would get crushed by our competition who are just outside the city who are reopened that's why we have to stay open and i mean those aren't good reasons more profit over people is never a good reason for anything yeah. But uh, at least now that with hopefully stories like this won't occur because now uh, the governor himself has issued like a order that's going to comply where all the counties and towns have to comply with it. So hopefully we can move businesses if they're defying the governor will probably face far severe consequences than that denying the, or uh, defying a mayor's orders. Yeah, I think that's another thing that Murphy, I don't, I'm not sure if he touched too much on it in his press conference, but what are the repercussions for disobeying? You know what I mean? Is it going to be a fine? Is there going to be any kind of jail time? Is it going to be, you know what I mean? Like, if you disobey the orders, then what happens for yeah, so, individuals, right. for small businesses? Right? Yeah. Because, uh, so I know from looking into it in like Spain, for instance, if you're defying the lockdown order, you can be fined up to 30,000 euros, which is like essentially $30,000. Wow. And, um, 
That's more than thirty thousand dollars, I think. If the yeah, the rate right. of <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't looked up the thing lately, but uh, it's just like exactly like what what measures are in, are in place. Um, I'm sure they have some, and they're probably still working out the details of it. So like, probably don't test your luck. Yeah, if you can be fine. Like, yeah, if you can be fined five hundred dollars for not picking up your dog crap, then I think there could be around that range or higher. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I wanted to go into a report done by the Imperial College in the United Kingdom. They had a like world-renowned epidemiologists and researchers modeled the spread and impact of COVID nineteen in the UK and the United States. And these findings were published uh, as the ninth report from the World Health Organization Collaborating Center for Infectious Disease Modeling within the MRC Center for Global Infectious Disease Analysis at Imperial College London. I just want to preface this to give it so people understand this is not just some random group of people. Again, these are some of the most renowned infectious disease researchers and modelers in the world. And to give you an idea of how impactful this study was, the United Kingdom had a under Boris Johnson, a criminally lunatic idea of herd immunity, where they were just going to let everyone get kind of infected and then, like, we'll develop herd immunity. And then this report was developed, and they basically switched within 24 hours their idea of what they were going to do. Um, because they were like, oh, crap, that's not a good idea at all. So I just took out the information from the United States because I figured that it's most relevant to us. So the report basically has two different strategies that we could, that governments can do. There's the, they call it the suppression strategy, which aims to reduce the reproduction number of the virus. That's the uh, average number of secondary cases uh, uh, each case generates through non-pharmaceutical interventions. And uh, what, that, what that means, it's like uh, um, not basing off of using medicine, but just like other practices and stuff they can do. And the other strategy is called a mitigation strategy, which is the goal is to reduce the health impact of the epidemic. Basically, it's the flattening the curve thing that we've been talking about. Take a drink. <laughs> yeah, take a drink. So the study predicts that 81% of the U.S. population will be infected uh, with COVID-19 over the course of the epidemic. The epidemic is predicted to be broader in the United States than in the United Kingdom and to uh, peak slightly later. This is due to the larger geographic scale of the United States. Uh, resulting in more localized uh, epidemics across the states than, say, in uh, the United Kingdom. So they modeled three scenarios. There's the unmitigated scenario, mitigation scenario, and suppression scenario. Unmitigated is we don't do anything at all, and we just let the virus run its course. So what the UK was originally trying to do. <laughs> yeah, actually, what the UK was trying to do. And if we did that in the United States, they predicted 2.2 million deaths, uh, not accounting, that's just from COVID-19, and not counting any other potential negative effects on health systems being overwhelmed from the mortality that, uh, and stuff that they face. Meaning like uh, it, it, coronavirus is its own thing, and then it might be coronavirus plus another thing, and then all the other kind of emergency services that need to happen. So if someone has a heart attack, it's not going to be a coronavirus-related uh, situation, but they're not going to be able to be serviced at the hospital kind yeah, of situation. Or, like, or things like this, like uh, you have surgery scheduled, but they don't have the ability to do that right now because they're overwhelmed with coronavirus patients. So uh, then you don't get that surgery and you die. That's and that, what that's what, Yeah. Are. And Murphy was also saying in his conference that if he, if his yeah. surgery to get his, uh, the tumor, which I don't think he 
has said anything about the results. I don't know if it's come in yet, but he was saying that if any kind of elective surgery, even though it's a, a biopsy to see if something is cancerous or not, that's going to be considered an elective surgery. So any kind of thing is going to be postponed until we ride this wave out. Exactly. The other thing is, uh, from an economic standpoint, it doesn't get into any kinds of, honestly, deaths from, from like, as I'll get into later, like we're going to have a huge effect of unemployment and any kind of like poverty related uh, deaths. It, this study doesn't get in. It says 2.2 million deaths from coronavirus in the United States, assuming we do absolutely nothing. The, the mitigation scenario basically is an effective combination of case isolation, home quarantine, and social distancing of those most at risk, so over 70. So they mean everyone practicing social distancing, but especially if the what people over 70 like rigorously practice it. They said, uh, so while the latter, people over the uh, age of 70, has a, a less impact on transmission than other age groups, you know, like they're not going, running around meeting most people, they're, they're 70 years old. They're uh, not spring break is what yeah, you're exactly saying. Not, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Reducing morbidity and mortality in the highest risk groups reduces both demand on critical care and overall mortality rates. So in combination, this intervention strategy is predicted to reduce peak critical care demand by two thirds and have the numbers of deaths. However, this optimal mitigation scenario would still result in an eightfold higher peak demand on critical care beds and above the available surge capacity in both the United Kingdom and the US. So mitigation still leads to about 1.1 to 1.2 million deaths in the United States and still overwhelms capacity of hospitals uh, by like eight times. So they talk about how the suppression scenario is necessary and that countries need to, who are able to, need to implement intensive controls like pretty much immediately. And they need to assume that these measures are to be in place for five months. They said such an intensive policy is predicted to result in a reduction in critical care requirements from a peak approximately three weeks after the interventions are introduced and a decline thereafter while the intervention policies remain in place. So a combined strategy is the most likely one to ensure that critical care bed requirements would remain within surge capacity. So suppression strategy, how it differs from mitigation, is basically like mitigation is kind of like what we're partly doing now. But again, it's not really federally coordinated all around. So it's it's like really just dependent on the states doing however they want to do it. So it's like what we're doing now, but mitigation is more rigorous than what we're doing now. And suppression is mitigation plus like what they're doing in like South Korea, Taiwan, China, and all that kind of like the much more rigorous testing, quarantining, isolating uh, kinds of things. So I just want to bring that up because uh, this is a very reputable study done by uh, world experts. And we need to understand like basically they, they recommend a suppression strategy. They understand that like, okay, so to give you an idea, they, they predict that this will be over in about 12 to 18 months because that's how long it's going to take for a vaccine to be produced. And you can't just mass inoculate. You can't rush the vaccine process. Like we could create a vaccine in like a month or whatever, right? But you can't go through the testing process that's necessary to mass inoculate people with in a short amount of time because you don't want the vaccine to be worse than what's currently happening. So you need to have these safety protocols and there's just no getting around it. Around it. Yeah, so and there's, um, I've been hearing some, some reports of some people who are trying to produce a vaccine. They're skipping animal testing and going straight to human trials, which is scary and that's the reality that we're living in and that's where you should be taking like i don't want people to panic but it's it's one of those things that people who are producing the drug who have the most uh that like interest in producing a drug because then they can control like the funds and you no know, profit 
immensely from it uh they're freaking out enough to skip you know the loophole you know they're trying to move things as fastly as possible which is is great but it's also that's what you should be taking out of it is that it is a very extreme and very very important thing that needs to be produced but it's also you don't want to cut corners you know (laughs) exactly exactly because none of the companies in the world and the researchers in the world want to be the ones who are known as like well screwing this up royally that's just the reality that we're in we're going to be in this for a long time 12 to 18 months until a vaccine's created and um i've seen mixed reports about it going away during the summer right so some people have been saying oh it survive it doesn't survive in hotter weather i've seen evidence that that's not the case but i've seen people who said like even if it does that that means it's just going to get a second round just like spanish flu yeah. in uh, the fall so it's not really this is something we're gonna be living with until a vaccine's created Pression uh policy recommendations that they make are basically that uh we for three to five month duration, we have like these suppression policies in place. And then we kind of like slowly open up the economy, let people move uh, around and then uh, reintroduce it again. So basically it's, it's to stop hospitals from getting overwhelmed. It's to flatten that curve so that we drink. So that way, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, we don't have 2 million or 1 million deaths in the United States. Uh, and that's the United States alone. And that's just a prediction. And I think a lot of people, if you take your information from Fox News or Trump himself, you're or hearing maybe, <laughs> maybe, but you're hearing, okay, this is originally, it was not a big deal. And then two days after it was not a big deal. It was okay. It's going to be a big deal for a month, maybe two months. And then there's going to be this vaccine and you only hear whispers of, yeah, a vaccine is going to take 12 to 18 months. You only hear whispers about that, which is just like, that's the only sure guarantee that this is not going to have any further impact on the population is if there is a vaccine and people vaccinate themselves. If you're thinking it's only going to be a couple of weeks, that's what I keep hearing from people. It's like, oh, this is, I don't have it. I'm self-quarantining for a couple of weeks and then it's going to go back to business as usual. That is not going to happen. Like this is <laughs> here yeah. for a while. And if you don't start realizing the seriousness and the severity of the situation, you're going to be part of the problem and just get, get used to it. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's something yeah. I can't. <laughs> so, um, maybe just because I have a transition before I go into like the economic fallout coronavirus, let's just talk about some of the things that we're doing just to, like, you know, uh, uh, as social distancing, like a lot of people, I guess, like don't have like indoor hobbies and like, yeah. don't, or, like hobbies at all. So like, you know, you could, the easy thing is watching movies on Netflix and TV shows, but that gets, that gets boring. So uh, what are some of the things that besides that? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Uh, Netflix, I'm sure people are hearing about it now on the internet, but they create like Netflix, the Netflix uh, party. I don't know if it's like an app, but you're able to watch Netflix together with groups of people. And that was always a challenge for me, trying to watch a movie with my friend who, who's in California. So we'd have to like press play at the same time, the same exact time, and still you'd have an echo. This thing eliminates that problem and you're all able to watch yeah it's really cool um that's been developed and people are it's working so that's great and i've also been i have had a history with social distancing just in general in my past you know i've returned to my middle school days of playing the sims and that can keep me distracted for Probably like 12 hours a day. And 
is, is it because your sims are able to like actually they're able to human beings <laughs> they're not they're not self-quarantining in the sims they're able yeah. to go about their day-to-day and you know things are nice there and maybe, yeah, I'm, she, maybe I'm sick but uh like uh whenever I play the sims I would like put them in the pool and then, like delete the ladder out of the pool and, yeah 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 and it was it was funny but like yeah that's the thing is like there are two types of people in the Sims. They either like create Sims and like have long family lineages, or they just create Sims just to kill them. And I used oh, to do that when I wanted to create a haunted house. Like you'd have to kill people, so you got all the tombstones and the ghosts would be scary. But yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. So I've been I've been uh, I've been playing games too. It's just a hobby I've always had. Uh, reading is 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 a fun one, but even then like. So when I'm reading like the news, it can get overwhelming to just like, you know, it's all coronavirus related and like yes. economic collapse related. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it can be a bit much. So like a good thing to do is to take a break from that. And uh, I like nonfiction the most. So I mainly will just read like political books, but even taking breaks from that, I recommend people reading, go, go read some fiction. I've been reading the, the Expanse series. That's really good. If you like the TV show, the books are excellent. Go into some sci-fi classics if you like. Dune's a good novel. Yeah, try, try out different fiction try uh different hobbies you have pets actually play with them yeah <laughs> that's what i've been doing I, also i've been <laughs> setting up corona goals for myself so corona goals being you know while i'm in quarantine what can i work on to you know help pass the time one of which was lowering my mile time which i've gotten down a minute which is very exciting but again it's what can Rats. you do in your household outside while social distancing and it's you have options and yeah the weather's getting nice and the governor is right you're you're not like confined to your home like you can go out and go for a walk around your town you can go for a run in a park or whatever just just maintain that safe practice of staying like six feet away from other people or more and uh do get out like uh, if if the weather (laughs) permits it because you're gonna go crazy i i'm one who like doesn't usually feel stir crazy it was even starting to hit me a little bit I, i was like oh my god it's only been like a week yeah. <laughs> and then like I just went to like let me go to the store and buy some tortillas just because I I guess I need them and I was just yeah. like oh my god it's not good practice like I need to just go for a walk yeah and also what you could do is you can connect with people virtually like I've been skyping my friends and we've been having virtual happy hours and my friend her birthday just passed so what we did was we all got on Skype and we played a trivia game we played a drinking game with cards all you just need is like an extra cell phone or an extra laptop and you can, you can just replace yeah. like the uh the bar scene with uh doing it on exactly like, virtually that's, that's actually a really good idea yeah and it's one of those things of i know you don't have this problem but as a female i enjoy doing my makeup and doing my hair and doing my nails and it's all these things that you would do if you're going to go out or there's an event and still do it you know what I mean like I get depressed looking at myself in like pajamas all day you know it just doesn't feel good <laughs> I, I get depressed just looking at myself no, I'm kidding. <laughs> just crying uh, in the mirror yeah, uh, yeah. But, it's but it's normal, those, that's normal like yeah. non-coronavirus related practice for me now <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things of if you it'll it'll make you feel better if you take a shower make yourself presentable and as sad as it is go online and call your friends and like have a chat have a drink like maybe even um because there's a psychological study where if you're eating the same thing like as a person that you're speaking with you guys 
tend to bond more. So maybe do that too with your friends virtually is like, maybe you can do like a, like a, what is it? Like a chopped edition where you have the same ingredients for something and you both make it at home. And it's kind of like you're sitting there together <laughs> enjoying the same meal. Um, but it's little things like that, that you could think about doing. And the, the possibilities are endless. Just put it it's virtual. Exercising too. So like a couple of things you can do it, it, uh, like my gym's closed. And I think gyms basically all across the state are now. So, uh, uh, if you are someone who used to just go to a place for gym, you, and you probably, I, like, I don't have weights in my, my apartment, but try to replace your, keep, keep your habits up, you know, cause we're yeah. going to be, like I said, we're going to be in this for a while and you don't want to like, just have your routine, your routine's going to change, but just modify it to fit the existing circumstances that keeps you safe and healthy and others safe and he uh, healthy. Don't yeah. like completely give up your routine because yeah, if, if you're just going to sit inside well. all day and read about the coronavirus <laughs> like I do, you're going to, it's not going to be good. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I'm telling you, this second I downloaded The Sims, I stopped watching the news and I was in a different world and everything was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need that kind of escapism. You uh, do. And um, it, it, you can't, you can't get fully sucked into it because I like I like your idea of having a plan. So you yeah. have like you know maybe twelve hours of Sims, three yeah. hours, of Sims, and then like <laughs> and then like if you have like a, you have like a plan of, of of like how you're gonna spend your day because yeah that, that'll help. And, so um, like yeah. so my ideal quarantine day goes something like this. Okay, I wake up after sleeping for ten hours. Okay, awesome. I have a nice breakfast like a Greek yogurt with some honey, some fruit. And then I walk my dog, we do a hike, maybe two miles, maybe three miles, depending on what she's feeling like. And I bring her home and then I exercise. I go for my mile, try to cut down my runtime and do some at-home workouts. My gym is obviously closed, but they've also given us free uh, virtual workouts. So if you're at home and you don't have free weights or anything like that, do a virtual like workout, a video I did workout. That. I did that too. I just got the email about it. I was like, yeah, cool. it's smart. And then... And then after a workout, I, I have lunch and then I play The Sims. And then around dinner time, I eat and then I can do a, a virtual call with my friends and have a drink and catch up with what they're doing and then close that conversation. I go back to The Sims until like midnight. And <laughs> <laughs> so I go to sleep. <laughs> I don't I don't have uh I don't have like kids, right? But one of the yes. things I was, I was reading about is like, okay, so a lot of people are going to be like, there's going to be online classes and stuff for kids now. Uh, and, and some people are going to, parents are going to be more involved in homeschooling, but you're also going to, you're, you're, you know, you're probably going to like hang out with your kids more often, but you're going to need like a break from them too. So one of the things I saw that was recommending parents, uh, especially with like younger kids is uh, make sure you set aside like, like you time for the hobbies that you want. Like the don't, yeah. don't, because you, if you're working from home, and then you're also working on like raising your kids, and now there's like, there's like no, I don't want to say escape, but you know what I mean. Like there's no like, yeah, there is no escape. From that. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, that could, that's gonna wear on you. So like, make sure you do set aside time to do the things that you want to do, and uh, fun, so we don't go stir crazy. A fun thing I saw online. I don't have kids either, but one person said that they tell their kids they're going to go pray. And what they and the kids are like, oh, okay, like, I get it. So the parent goes and actually takes a nap. <laughs> like awesome. mommy needs to go pray in private for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's you know, whatever, cool. whatever you need to do in order to yeah. keep yourself sane, because 
it's I, like I the, promote lying to kids. So yeah. It's not, it's not a, <laughs> they don't know anything. <laughs> they don't know anything. So it's okay. And it's, it's that thing of you need to put the oxygen mask on yourself first. So keep your, keep mommy and daddy sane and then worry. Kids will get over it. You know, like it's yeah. quarantine. There are no rules. <laughs> exactly. Except for obey the social distancing rules. Obey um, the quarantine is the only one. <laughs> so, uh, with that, with that said, uh, should I just? I don't really have much on this, but I figured it'd be a good update. Uh, should I just dive into my segment about yeah economic effect? Okay, so people, coronavirus pandemic obviously is a, a huge health um, crisis on not just our country but the entire world. As you can imagine, and I'm sure a lot of people listening either know people or are directly affected by the the lockdowns, the kind of closures, like businesses are closing. And this is going to have a great economic effect, and it's already starting to have a great economic effect throughout the country and the world. So I want to talk about like this uh, rippling effect. So as isolation occurs, you know, people aren't going to stores either because they're not open or because uh, they just, you know, are like I'm not going to the movies because you can't. But also like before they were closed, like it was just not advisable, so people weren't going to the movies or bars and things like that on on, on the whole. So consumer demand goes down. As consumer demand goes down, businesses close, either temporarily or, or permanently. And as businesses close and people lose their job, consumer demand further decreases. And as you can see, it's kind of like a cycle. This is what we're seeing all across the world that ha- uh, where coronavirus has hit hard. But um, we're seeing this in the, in the United States as well. So Goldman Sachs is predicting that there will be 2 million jobs lost in the week of March 20 alone. According to the economist Jack Rasmus, this is a faster job loss than in 2008 and 9, uh, that, that great financial crisis then, the one that we had uh, that tore apart the economy and, and was pivotal, really, uh, if you're a millennial, in, in our development and, and, and lives. <laughs> and it's also an even faster job loss than the collapse of jobs in 1929 and 1930. To reinforce that, I have some more data on this. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase is predicting predicting a collapse of U.S. GDP in the second quarter by 14%. Uh, in the worst month of 2008, GDP fell by po- uh, 8.4%. In wow. The, yeah. So it's it gets, nearly double. Nearly, d- nearly double. Double bad. <laughs> right. So to give you this, in the worst year of the Great Depression, it was uh, GDP collapsed by 13%. So in other words, J.P. Morgan Chase is predicting that the second quarter of 2020 will be worse than the worst quarters of the Great Depression in terms of collapse of GDP. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so the Financial Times is also reporting things similar to this. And also, I think with that, it's the the comparison of, you know, back in my day kind of thing of the 13 percent of the worst year of the of the the, the known Great Depression was awful, but 14 percent of today you know what i mean it's it's unheard of like it's unbelievable yeah this is unbelievable so give you an idea uh the the great recession of 2008 again the 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 worst month of it it was a a negative 8.4 percent growth in gdp so gdp collapsed by 8.4 percent and throughout my entire life for 2008 and nine all i heard from political economists and economists was how we basically we called it the great recession uh, or the great financial collapse of 2008 because it was the closest thing we had to the Great Depression. It was literally the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. And I do, and as I just told you, that uh, what's going on now is rivaling, and if not worse, uh, in some ways, than the Great Depression that we currently have. 
part of that is because people can't go to work because isolation, you know, uh, their jobs are closed. Hotel workers are out. Restaurant workers are, are getting fired and laid off. Another part of that is because the other thing I was telling you about, the cycle of consumer demands and, and, and uh, that causing a, a collapse in that is basically making the economy uh, fall. And Financial Times reports that as the number of people who have lost their jobs spirals upwards, unemployment insurance claims have overwhelmed the state agencies that administer the programs due to reduction in staffing levels over the past few years. The numbers that have emerged from some states are far more dramatic than even the claims made at the height of the global financial crisis, when national unemployment rose to 10%. No week during the 2008 or 9 recession came even close to producing comparable numbers. Uh, I don't, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have New Jersey numbers, but the Financial Times article quotes Pennsylvania numbers, and I imagine New Jersey closely there. Pennsylvania's previous worst full week came in the post-holiday lull of January 20, uh, 2010, when there were 61,000 claims. There are more claims now than that. It's worse. So I've seen reports from Ohio all, all over of just like mass unemployment starting to happen. Uh, we heard... Treasury Secretary of Treasury Steve Mnuchin has said, uh, and he honestly wasn't being hyperbolic, that we're probably looking at 20% unemployment unless we do some drastic uh, measures. And the unemployment, the worst that it was in the Great Depression, was hovering around somewhere like 18% unemployment. So this is uh, this is very serious. And also, uh, I, I do want to caution people that officials tend to... Try to, not saying this is sugarcoating, but it's, you know, you like Trump did not believe this was going to be a big deal two days before he decided, oh, wait, yeah, maybe we should close our borders and start taking this seriously. So right. the amount of information that's going out there from this administration and people who have, a, you know, a financial interest in the economy, they don't want to cause widespread panic. So yeah. I, I would even caution, be wary that the numbers are that are like the numbers that you're producing right now are are horrible, but also to anticipate that they could be a lot worse, and we just don't know. Yeah, it's exactly right. So like um, again, part of the reason why I quoted uh, Goldman Sachs and J.P. Morgan Chase is because uh, no one can accuse them of being far left sources that uh, are like always yeah. pessimistic <laughs> about how the economy goes. These are people whose job it is to basically exploit the economy and make as much money as possible. And when yes. they're predicting things going this bad, it's, it's bad. bad. It, it, it's, bad. It, it's bad. And I think we can't isolate. I don't want to get into the global stuff of it too much, but we need to understand how it affects because we, we live in a globalized world and you can't understand what's going on in New Jersey without understanding what's going on in the world and in the United States at large. But I think in order to understand the magnitude of this uh, economic crisis we're facing, we kind of have to look a little globally. So as a brief background, Western and Japanese investors have like an excess of dollars. And when they have an excess of dollars, they take these dollars and invest them abroad in emerging markets. The flow of dollars abroad returns to the investor countries in the forms of profits. So when dollars are removed from emerging markets, growth dries up there. And then this dries up the price of the dollar relative to the currency of emerging markets making a cycle of those emerging markets being squeezed for cash and unable to invest in their economies and pay off their debts. And globally, we can see that the effects of the coronavirus are economically enormous. So within the first 59 days, foreign investors have taken out $78 billion in stocks and bonds in emerging markets. This is more than three times the amount of cross-border outflows in three months after the outbreak of the global financial crisis in September 2008. The Financial Times has produced a chart 
that kind of shows the uh, full extent of um, these financial flows. Basically, you can see um, not only is this a much larger outflow of money in a shorter amount of time, it's, it's a far steeper and deeper collapse of the global economic situation. So basically within 59 days, so they're saying from January 21st, 2020, which is really when uh, it started hitting the world, markets started reacting to it. It says well, it's worse than than 90 days into the global financial crisis. And it's by a lot. It's by, by almost three times. So it, it this is going to be a huge thing. And I, like, I don't want to spend too much time on the global situation, but it's just like, this is going to be a huge economic downturn. And it, how countries react to it will affect not just how ours reacts, but it, the, the capability of countries to react to this kind of yeah. thing. So, yeah. And that, that brings up, I guess, my little segment um, <laughs> of, yeah. of knowing who your representatives are, both your state and U.S. representatives for New Jerseyans. Because when this kind of thing happens, you see it only in hindsight, but you need to keep an eagle eye on your representatives. You need to keep an eye on how they're voting and how they're spending. So spending tax dollars to provide relief to Americans and also New Jersey uh, uh, voters, but it's also how they are profiting from this kind of uh, economic collapse. Cause you saw it with, uh, that's why Martha Stewart went to jail. Like <laughs> that's why more, with, more recently you heard about the insider trading Congress scandal, right? Um, uh, the, uh, without uh, getting too much into it, there were several congressmen and women who were briefed uh, about uh, the, coronavirus the pandemic, pandemic in, yeah. in January, and then they sold stocks and made a ton of money. And one yes. of, at least one of them, at least one of them, uh, Senator Richard Burr, Republican, privately understood that this was serious and sold stock, but publicly was denying that it was a serious thing. So, and that's uh, yeah. that's someone that needs to get out of office. <laughs> yeah. And we we say it on every episode, but if you are looking out for yourself and trying to profit off of your your seat, whether, whether you're a mayor, whether you're a state senator, whether you are a US senator, like wherever you sit on the pillar of government, if you are looking to profit, you need to get out. And New Jersey, vote these people out the second you start seeing them act shady. I'm not saying that I know for a fact anyone's acting shady, but it's New Jersey, as we say, and... <laughs> <laughs> You should check out the last episode if you haven't for a, uh, a scandal <laughs> quiz. You'll be surprised at the weird scandals that we've had. Or will you? Yeah, this um, maybe not. <laughs> so, uh, Casey, how do I look up who my uh, uh, representative uh, So, are? yeah, so there's a, a few things you want to do. Um, and we could break it down by uh, New Jersey senators and uh, representatives, and we can go to who represents us in the the U.S. function. So as yeah, we... do you want to do you want to start local, then we'll go higher. Sure. Local, think <laughs> okay. So what you're going to want to do is, are you with me, Mike? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm doing it as we follow. What, what, okay. What, where should I go on the YouTube? Uh, the internet's on the YouTube. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go to the, well, first you want to learn your municipality, like where you sit in New Jersey government. So you can Google find my New Jersey municipality. Google okay. that. 
And you're going to be directed to newjersey.gov, the search municipalities. So you're going to look up um, your county. So hopefully you know that part. I'm in Yeah, you might Somerset. be Steve Austin. Uh, you, <laughs> you should at least know where you, what county you're in. But we don't want to shame anyone who doesn't. Uh, so if you at least know your zip code, you could uh, Google your zip code and uh, then figure out where your county is. Yes. So if you if you know at least your county on this uh, this search thing, of, you will be fed different municipalities and that fall in your county. So I'm not going to give too much information away, but I know my municipality is Franklin. So I am in Somerset County and I am in the Franklin municipality. So so once you find that out. You can go to the New Jersey Legislator uh, website, and if it's just basically um, njleg.state.nj.us, and there you'll be able to use a site map to find your your representatives. So there you can go under members, find your legislator. And you can search the legislative members by alphabetical list, by municipality. That's what you want to go to, that link. And you're going to be fed a municipality's index list, alphabetical, and you just want to go to your one. So I'm going to go to Franklin of Somerset, District 17, and I, you'll I see. Districts, I'm in District 7. It's like Ooh, look at you. So you go to your, it's going to feed you a whole list of all the districts and you'll be able to go to the legislators. There's a link that says legislators for district 17 or district six, whatever. You just click on it and it'll give you all this information. It's cool. It shows who, you, for me, sorry, it shows you like your senator, uh, who your state senator is and who your two assembly uh, yes. people are. And it gives you some background on them. This, this is actually yeah. really neat. Isn't this cool? So yeah. for me, my senator is... Mr. Bob Smith, a very generic name. <laughs> yeah. Is like he real? Sim, uh, <laughs> spawn into the uh, world. Yeah, and my uh, assembly people are Joe Danielson and also Joseph Egan. I wonder if he goes by Joe. Maybe I, I can have, ask him one day. I have uh, Senator <laughs> Troy Singleton and then assembly people uh, uh, Herb Conaway Jr. and Carol A. Murphy. One of the things that I like is it also shows you what committees they work on, because as yeah. everyone knows, uh, the U.S. government is basically an assembly of committees <laughs> that just like actually <laughs> actually runs out everything. Like it's not just a the Senate and Assembly; like they form committees to like basically divide up the work between themselves. And it also gives you their contact information, which I think, especially in this time when you my next step with this tutorial is to look up their voting records. But you can look up their voting records on that same site. So you find your assembly person, and if you go to the legislative roster, you can select them and it'll show you, it has a link directly to their name where their votes are all tabulated. So for example, assemblyman Joe Egan, I'm gonna call him Joe because we're obviously so close. I clicked <laughs> on his, his voting record and it's all there. So he, you can see basically what's been he's voted on, whether he's voted no, voted yes, or people have uh, abstained from voting. But yeah, you can see, and right now I want to raise this you know, tutorial to everyone's, the front of their mind, because a lot of things are going to be passed and it might be rapid fire. 
And with government, like we were talking about earlier, our governor was going through all the, the, all, the all the hoops that he needs to jump through in order to pass these things. And you can pass laws on any kind of level of government, and it's just less and less things you need to jump through, the smaller your government is. So if you're able to look up your representatives and see what they're voting on, especially this website, you're able to see all the stuff that's being passed right now or what your representative is voting on. So Joe, he has been voting, and it's very interesting because in the New Jersey government, they're pass they're trying to pass things to offset the negative impacts of corona that's been, you know, obviously ravishing our states. And Joe's been voting. He voted no on a couple of things, which makes me a little concerned. But oh, let's um, let's, let's compare. Are you looking at your senator? Yeah. Let's compare. I'm not, I'm not, what, what, no, it's what? Uh, not my senator. Got to go back to who is my senator? Oh yeah, no, Bob. It's Bob Smith. Okay, so let me I'm go find. Troy, let's, let's compare. I'm looking at Troy Singleton. What uh, uh oh, what they're right next to each other. Bob yeah. Smith is right above. <laughs> what what bill, what bill are you looking at? You can do the. Uh, um, is it like let's, a? Let's go all the way to the beginning of March, cause that's uh. Mine like aren't in order. In in chronological order, cause mine's um, like it looks like the top is, but then you go kind of in the middle, and it says it's like February, then it goes back down to March again. I'm not really sure how uh. Yeah, but the the <laughs> let's do um. So Bob has voted for food banks to grants of $15 million. That's a good thing. Oh, yeah. So uh, Troy Singleton voted that for that as well. I feel like that's an easy, <laughs> an easy, easy one. Um, infectious disease, time off, work concerns. Um, he voted yes for that. Same. And then uh, there's one for mine, coronavirus 2019, authorize all licensed health facilities and labs to test. He voted yes on that as well. Ooh, let me look at that corona i only have is it coronavirus disease 2019 required health insurance and medicaid coverage oh, for testing no, that's not the one i was looking at oh, oh coronavirus authorized oh, yeah, license actually, well he voted yes on, on all of them actually like yeah it looks like troy singleton has voted yes on, on pretty much everything that's come uh in in, in march I'm not, I'm not even making a funny joke it looks like uh yeah it really has and it's all it's <laughs> It's all corona related. So you have people who um, they're touching on, you know, laws for for schools, for meal provisions for schools, for granting digital access to people who don't have baby internet or a digital like computers and stuff like that at home. They're trying to alleviate lost wages and they're giving people time off. A lot of things that are if they all pass, it seems like it's going to be just from the name of the, of the bills that are going through. All yeah. good things for New Jersey residents. But like I said, you have to keep an eye on who your representatives, what they're voting for in times like these, because they're going to want to be reelected right. <laughs> at the end so, of this. So, Casey, um, if I wanted to find out more about that bill, like actually read it, I can do that from here as well. That sounds like a, a loaded question, but <laughs> you just you click on the link there and it tells you um, more information about it. So it'll give you your identical bill number and the uh, the primary sponsors. If you click on that link of the of the the bill that they voted on, and it gives you all the information about it. So if you want to, you have the time now. We're all quarantined. <laughs> There's no better time to understand what your local officials are doing and how they're acting in your interest. And if they're not, 
then boot them out, but also keep an eye on their their funding. You know what I mean? Like make also, sure that <laughs> yeah. Because uh, if there's something that you think they're not doing, and that you you need them to do uh, in this time of crisis, uh, now's now's especially the time. Uh, give them a phone call. Uh, you have I, their phone number now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you'll probably get a, 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 so just as a little story. Uh, I think it was last year or two years ago when uh, one of the times they were trying to pass uh, legalization of marijuana and it was like stuck in the uh, Senate or somewhere. I, I, I called my representatives and I, I let them know. I was I was like, I, I'm, I really want this passed. And I gave them kind of the reasons. You, it, it went to like a, uh, a voicemail, of course, but like they do. Look, I'm cynical about this stuff. Politicians generally, <laughs> they don't care about what you have to think. But when it happens en masse, to, in their mind, when they hear a bunch of people angry at them, they think I might lose my job, yeah. and that that's how they that's how they act. And it also sometimes they're sometimes they're isolated and don't know the full extent of stuff. They are just people too. If you if a bunch of people are calling them and saying like, hey, if someone in, like uh, uh like our district really needs this, like we need the uh, X, Y, and Z, and it's not happening, and they get a bunch of these things, they might realize oh, I need to help them in doing this stuff. The worst that happens is they don't listen to you, and then. And then you organize to replace them. <laughs> Maybe you run for their seat. That's, that's what I wanted to address with my little segment at the end of our Corona episode, because people are going to want to profit off of this. You're already seeing it in the news. People who hoarded hand sanitizer and cleaning products and toilet paper and are selling it at a markup. Those are the people that are being caught because it's so transparent what they are doing it's not so transparent in politics what people are doing, and this is a little technique that you could do in order to be fully aware of what you're elected, because they're elected, you know, <laughs> they represent you, so keep an eye on what they're doing, because it's not as easy to see what they're doing, but you can do it. Exactly. So just to reinforce that that point, like uh, we saw recently that uh, Trump uh, and the congressional Republicans want to give uh, $50 billion to the airline industry and uh, to, to like bail them out. And one of the things you might be wondering is like, wow, why do we need to give them $50 billion when they had since the last crisis cash reserves of $45 billion and they spent all of that <laughs> on corporate buybacks to make themselves wealthy. Maybe they shouldn't have had so much corporate buybacks. Maybe they should have, you know, not bought all those avocados and, <laughs> and just reshaped themselves up. And no more lattes. Uh, so the thing that I think, like, you might see that and be like, that's, that's wrong. So you might want to call your representative and say, absolutely not. We should not be bailing out these airline industries. In fact, how about we, well, this is what I would say, how about we nationalize <laughs> them and make it so that these airline industries serve us instead of just rich corporate boards of people yeah. who run to the government every time they mismanage <laughs> their uh, businesses. But yeah, um, that's a rant for another day. But it's just the point is uh, uh, you can follow this stuff and you know who to contact and start working. Yeah. And if you start seeing, you know, your, I mean, we just went over the local way. It's very obvious. New Jersey, well, the, the rep, House of Representatives people um, aren't so obvious, but our senators are Booker and Menendez. So keep keep an eye on them. Keep an eye on, on your elected officials because this is a dire time and you get to see people for who they are in these kind of times, unfortunately. I want to be optimistic, but keep an eye on it. Right. And just to re again, just one last thing to reinforce. So the governor said today that he 
was talking to the other governors and officials in the tri-state area. And he thinks that for an economic response, the tri-state area needs $100 billion in essentially cash uh, bailouts for people, right? The the Trump uh, initiative, I'm I'm, I'm not sure if people have heard. um, I mean, actually, I'm probably (laughs) sure everyone has heard at this point. In in April, we're going to be getting cash from the federal government, the the tri-state Trump, Trump checks. Bucks. Trump <laughs> checks. Uh, so you'll get your Trump bucks, and uh, um, you can spend them only at Trump properties. <laughs> yeah. So, so that that's a decent measure, but it's not enough. Uh, as the governor has said, we need about a hundred billion in the tri-state area alone, and he, Trump, and the uh, federal government want to do two hundred and fifty billion for the entire country. It can't just we can't just rely on Governor Murphy, as well-intentioned as I'm sure he is and other officials to fight this fight for us. Uh, This is, we're in for a long period of social distancing, self-quarantining, and also economic downturn. And we're gonna need this kind of help. So we need to pressure our our representatives to make sure that we, they don't use this as a kind of like a economic shock doctrine to just like hand everything to the rich like they did last time. We can't have that happen again. Yeah, it, it's ha- and the great thing, I mean, the great thing that the bad thing happened in our lifetime is we remember it. You know what I mean? Yes. It's not going to be something where if you're not bailing out small businesses as much as you are major corporations, we should be raising some help. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't become a, an opportunity for the, again, for the rich to get richer and not be held accountable for their actions. You know what I mean? It, ugh. I just want to uh, go ahead. No, yeah, I'm just disgusted with. <laughs> yeah, me, me too. So I just want to raise this one last point. Uh, to anyone who works at a grocery store or um, at a central service that is maybe non-medical related, uh, pretty much you are the only economic actors, workers working right now. Everyone else is, is pretty much forced home or forced to work from home. And um, that means the weight of your actions are disproportionate to what other people's are. So if, if say, a lot of grocery store workers got together and, and had a strike, I'm sure the nation would listen because you would literally at this point be crippling the economy and being able to get demands. Like, I think you all should have hazard pay. I think all of you yeah. should have emergency uh, uh, sick leave. Um, and I also, think all, I think yeah. tests should be readily available for all of those workers. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and, yeah. and also like, you're at the forefront of this. And uh, for people who are already staying home, it's never been easier to withdraw your labor in a form of like a strike at this moment. And um, if, if they start bailing out the corporations and leaving Americans to, to, to dry, uh, this is the kind of actions mixed with calling your representatives that we're going to have to look at. But that's uh, that's the reality that we're living in right now. Uh, and I wish we could sign this off on a, a better note, but <laughs> this is where we're at. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the title of the episode. This is where we're at. (laughs) This is where we're at now. Thank you, everybody, for listening uh, this week. I hope we'll have happier news next week, but we will, at any rate, have an episode and we will uh, uh, look forward to seeing you. Keep going on. Yeah, we'll keep going on, just like like all of you. Just like New Jersey. (laughs) All right, signing out. This is Mike. This is Casey McLean. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.